Kelly show. Let's have some fun. Oh man, Nancy Pelosi apparently had one or two too many. <laughs> We've got some great audio from her. We have once again a coach in charge of a bunch of female athletes. And you're never going to guess how this ended up. Who's been warning you about that? Jobless claims, quote, unexpectedly rise again. Black History Month. And some guy who joined his own search party. All that and much, much more is coming up tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. It's going to be a great night. We got Morgan Zeggers coming up about an hour and a half from now. She's one of these young dimes on the right who is just as hardcore anti-communist as you can possibly get. We're going to talk to her about reaching out to young people. Because before I get into the main story for me tonight and all that, I want you to understand something. There is a way of thinking on the right that is very old and it's very, very wrong. And it's not your fault. It's not my fault. We didn't come up with this. But this way of thinking is this. Oh, young people are all Democrats and socialists. Even Winston Churchill is famous for that saying of, if you're under 30 and not a socialist, you have no heart. And if you're over 30 and not a conservative, you have no brain. It's just been something for a century. People have just accepted. Oh, okay. Well, I know my 18-year-old is a communist, but he'll grow out of it. And you hear this all the time from people. You'll hear this saying from people. Maybe you've said it yourself. I, I, honestly, I bet I've said it myself before, too. You know what? He'll... He'll turn into a Republican when he gets his first paycheck. Sees, sees those taxes come out the first time. Uh, no, that might work with somebody like Chris. Most people doesn't work that way. Has it seemed like it worked that way? All of corporate America is now occupied bunch, by a bunch of communists. They've had plenty of paychecks. So we're going to talk to her about reaching young people. Just because you have a teenager doesn't mean they should be a communist. We're teaching them the wrong things. But all that gets set aside, and let me tell you why I wish, I wish I was a communist. I do. Now, granted, it's a disgusting, anti-human, demonic religion of destruction and domination, so that's the only reason I'm not a communist. But you know what I love about them? I love how committed they are to winning. We don't even try to win. We don't even try to win. We're not even playing the same game. We, we don't even put in an effort. Uh, they're constantly advancing, constantly moving forward, and the best you can ever hope for from our side is, uh, no, or maybe not that much, just a little. I mean, I don't want I don't, I don't to seem like I'm not being bipartisan. That's all you ever get. When have you ever seen the right actually advance? You've never seen it. You may have seen them slow down, maybe occasionally briefly stop the left. You've never seen the right, especially at a national level, advance. And why is that? Why? I mean, they have half the country on their side. You want them to. I want them to. Why don't they? Here's why. And here's the truth. It's all a matter of commitment. The communists in this country are fully committed 
to destroying the country. Not a little committed. Not if I have time. Well, let me finish my top ramen first. They eat, sleep, and breathe carving up this country like a Thanksgiving turkey. It's all they think about. It's why they're even in Sesame Street. They're in everything now. They don't look at a single thing you love and treasure and say to themselves, ooh, no, I'll leave that be. It would never even occur to them. What is the right? What is the rights mentality? Oh, I want to stop this, but I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, we can't. That'll seem mean if we do this. I've told you before about my conversations with the various congressmen and senators I know. And what they tell me every time, we'll sit down and we'll talk about just us having a bourbon together. And we'll talk about a no-brainer policy that everybody with half a brain knows would be completely effective. And then at the end of the conversation, and this has happened more times than I can count, it always finishes with, well, it's too bad we can't do it. And I'll say, why? And every time, oh, man, that I would lose the woman vote. Can you imagine what they would write about me? Oh, it would look so mean. We don't even try to win. I wish I was, I wish I was part of the side that wants to win because I love to win. Now, I can't do it. I can't make myself be a communist. But, man, I love the commitment. You see this most recent thing? Do you remember the picture of the Marine who saved a baby at Kabul Airport? Remember that picture? Does anyone else remember that picture? It was famous. Chris, if you get a chance, not the end of the world to do it right away. If you get a chance, try to put it on our show's Twitter page. Find it, Make sure we get the right Marine because there were a bunch of Marines out there taking care of it. But we're going to put it on our show's Twitter page, at Jesse Kelly Show. There was a Marine who saved a baby in Kabul Airport. It's really, really a cool scene. You know what I mean? You got these tough warriors out there saving a baby. It's awesome. Everybody loved it. He's everybody's national hero all of a sudden, right? Well... Recently, Trump had a big rally in Georgia, and he invited this Marine. Lance Corporal Hunter Clark is his name. I want to get make sure I'm paying him the proper respect. Hunter Clark. He was invited to come hang with Trump, get up on stage with Trump at the rally. He shows up at the rally, not in uniform, but mind you, shows up at the rally just in civilian clothes, shows up, gets behind a mic, says a couple things with Trump, no big deal, right? Comes out today, he's under investigation. The United States military is under investigation. He's under investigation by the United States military. The officer corps, they're going to now destroy this young Lance Corporal. For what now? For the horrible crime of being a Republican, of being a Trump supporter. Now, what does this have to do with them being committed and us not being committed? I bet you forgot about this. I have not. During the whole disgusting communist Black Lives Matter filth that filled our streets the last summer, there was a picture of a bunch of West Point cadets. And I need to clarify something. Remember, West Point is the tippy, tippy, tippy top. That's the Army's military academy. You know, you got the Air Force Academy. You have Annapolis. That's the naval version. West Point, that's the Army version. This is the Army University that is churning out the people who are not going to be in our military. They are going to lead our military. 
The graduating class of West Point every year is a who's who of somebody who's going to be a commander of some kind someday. That's just the way it works. And look, when you graduate from West Point, they just grease the skids for you right through the military. You're already thought of of being the elite of the elite, right? There was a picture, a bunch of black female West Point cadets. They gathered in uniform, in uniform, they gathered together for a picture. You can go look it up yourself. All of them. Holding up a big black power, that stupid fist people raise, the black power symbol. Do you know what happened to the West Point cadets who were pretty much campaigning for Marxism while in uniform as a cadet at West Point? Do you know what happened to them? Nothing. Not a thing. And if memory serves me, that was 2016. I'm almost positive about that, 2016. So check my watch here. Yeah, it's 2021. Those cadets, you know, the communist cadets, they're not cadets anymore right now. They're officers in the United States Army leading the next generation of warriors. Not one of them got in any trouble at all. Not one. And I'm sorry. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you. That was under a Republican administration. Here we have naked communism right there in our highest military academy. And because Republicans don't want to look racist or I don't want to look mean, I have to be Mr. Black people. Nothing happens to them. Do the communists think that way when they take power? No, 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 no. Go, go ahead and show up at a Trump rally. We'll end your career. We're losing because we're not even playing, let alone committed to win. I'm not done on this yet. Hang on a second. But first, husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a light, surrounded by an angry mob. They force open the driver's side door and try to drag the husband from the car. He reaches for his hero 2020 non-lethal gun. Boom. Shoots his attacker twice in the chest with it. But it's not a bullet. It's this brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant. The attackers have to back off. Couple escapes safely. Not a single shot fired. No life lost. Look, I, I was a Marine and I'm telling you these things are awesome. Awesome. I own one for the protection of my family. Go get yours today. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE. It'll get you a special discount on them. That's Hero2020.com, code JESSE. Don't forget, state law restrictions may apply. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Yes, you do suck on chili dogs, Chris. All right, the, 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 the lyrics of the song, in case you're not aware of John Cougar Mellencamp, is shortly after he was done talking there, he talks about sucking on chili dogs. I realize you don't suck on them like they're a popsicle, man, but that's just a, it's a phrase. It's a phrase. Do you not know who our vice president is? You know, you know what? Forget about it. Forget about it. We're not going to get in trouble tonight. Back to my story. Back to my story. Why are they the only ones committed to winning? 
Why are the people who want to destroy freedom, why are they committed all the way? And our side, the supposedly the freedom lovers, not you or, or, or me, I'm talking about our politicians, why, are, why aren't they committed at all? And you understand what this means, right? How big of a deal this is? You've already seen the FBI, DOJ, every part of the government take every step they can possibly do up to this point to make you a domestic terrorist for being on the right. They're also purging the military. The vaccine mandate went a long way to them purging people out of the military who disagree with them. And they're cracking down on any dissent at all. Lance Corporal shows up at a Trump rally, not even in uniform, boom, under military investigation. They're committed all the way to winning. We're not. Not even a little bit. We're not. Why didn't those West Point cadets get kicked out like that? Why? Anybody? Why? No one has a good explanation for it. And let me ask you something, and I realize this is an uncomfortable question. I'm going to move on to the, uh, the coaches over women's sports. I'm going to move on to health care rationing here in just a second. But let me ask you something. Who's your preferred candidate for the Republican nomination in 2024? Who is it? I'm, I'm guessing probably 60, 70 percent right now are saying Trump. You're going to have 30 or 40 percent saying Ron DeSantis. You're going to have a bunch of Ted Cruz people out there. I love Ted Cruz. Pick your candidate. Maybe it's Christy. No, maybe uh, Nikki Haley, T- Tim Scott, whatever. These are all the names that are out there. Who's your candidate? Picture them in your mind. I don't care who it is. Now ask yourself. Ask yourself and don't be a pom-pom waver and don't wear anybody's pajamas. Don't ever do that. Ask yourself this question honestly. My preferred candidate for president. Is my preferred candidate for president prepared to walk into the Oval Office on day one and carve through the officer corps like Genghis Khan? Is he? No, and again, I don't mean on the campaign trail. I don't mean a big rally, and I don't care which one of them it is. And I don't mean we're going to get these generals. I mean day one. Oh, hey, you five hundred officers, your resignation now, please, or I'll end your career anyway. Is your guy or gal committed to that? Are they committed to looking at our federal bureaucracy, which is completely taken over by communists now, communists who will do everything in their power, just like they did under Trump, to undermine every single thing you do? Is your guy or gal, are they committed to walking into the Oval Office and calling in head of the CIA, head of the FBI, and, you know, several levels under under the head to just have a big meeting with the top 20 people at the FBI and say, you're all fired. Bye. CIA, you're all fired. Bye. CDC, every one of you, fired. Bye. Is your guy or gal committed to that? Are you sure? And again, I don't want to hear tough talk. And let's look, let's give Trump a bit of a pass on this because the people will say, and rightfully so, didn't understand how deep the rot was. And I really give him a pass on that, especially in the beginning, because I didn't understand how deep the rot was and how bad it was and that he was going to be kneecapped every single step of the way. But by the end, he sure understood. And we're still hiring John Bolton. 
Are you sure he's ready? I know you love him. I love him. Thought he was a great president. You sure he's ready? Ron DeSantis, he's, he's everyone's darling right now. I love him too. Love Heavy D. Like what I see. Are you sure Ron DeSantis is ready to walk in there and carve up all the general staff? You sure Ted Cruz is? He's a personal friend of mine. Maybe he is. I don't know. You better be sure. Because if you're not sure, if you don't think he is, then you cannot support that person for president. You cannot. It is serious right now. If we have a military that is fully committed to communism and fully committed to purging anybody out of the military who disagrees with them, we are already finished because they are going to get a monopoly on military force. That is a fact. That is a fact. You ready? You sure you're ready? All right. Listen, we've seen what's going on in New York right now. All these healthcare workers being fired. And it's, it's unjust. It's disgusting. It's wrong. It shouldn't happen. But it is happening. And so you know what else is going to happen? I mean, let's, let's just do a little COVID thing here really quickly. People have talked about this a lot, so it's not some concept I've come up with. But I'm more than happy to steal it, you know, because I steal great ideas as my own all the time. <laughs> Quip. Why does COVID surge in the south in the summertime and surge in the north in the wintertime? Why is that? Hmm. Well, look, I only have a community college education, but smarter people than I have come out and said already, uh, it's obvious, in the south in the summertime, it is soul-crushingly hot and everybody goes where? Inside. My wife is the only psychopath on the planet who wants to eat outside during the, the, during the Houston summer times. Everyone else wants to be inside. It's miserable. Well, what happens in the Northeast in the wintertime? It's cold. Everybody goes inside. I remember I, uh, one of my various trips to New York City, I forgot my coat one time. It was th- because it was, I was coming from Houston, and it was November. And I just, it didn't even occur to me to pack a coat. I hadn't worn a coat yet. And I step off, and it was during one of these storms in New York City. And people who've never been to the cities don't understand what it's like because you have so many skyscrapers. The streets and sidewalks, if the storm is bad enough, they become wind tunnels. You step out of a building, and it's just, I do my own sound effects, just just humming down the street. I about froze to death. Everyone goes inside. What am I saying? Well, you've got a surge coming. Coronavirus is never going away, remember. There will be a coronavirus surge coming in the Northeast. The South, all everyone listening right now in the South, should taper off. Because in, the, in December, it's 75 in Florida. Yeah, it's going to taper off. Well, it's freezing in New York City, Philadelphia, Boston. Now, have you thought about what else is coming? I'll tell you in a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, don't worry, I'm going to have Hammer House Nancy Pelosi for you here in a bit. (laughs) Oh, you already have it, Chris? You know what? Hold on. Let me do. Let me finish my thought on on what's coming, and then we'll play Hammer House Nancy. Look, I'm look. I'm excited about it too. Full disclosure, I'm excited about it too. But hey, 
there's a surge coming for the colder climates. Happens every winter. Everyone goes inside. Headline, second hospital in Alaska begins rationing care. You see places like New York specifically and other places who have these vaccine mandates now, you're losing healthcare workers. And, and this, this, isn't, this isn't isolated to New York, so I don't want to pick on New York because private corporations across the country have issued these mandates out there, especially in states where the useless Republicans won't block these mandates. So you have these huge healthcare systems, like we just had that announcement from North Carolina yesterday. They're just purging people. Up, oh, you're gone. No vaccine, you're gone. Are you ready for a coronavirus surge with a 20% reduction in healthcare staff? See, you're an American. Well, for all my American listeners, I understand we have some international listeners. I'm an American. I've never experienced in my life rationed healthcare. Have you? Now, the wife has. She grew up in Canada. Do not judge me. She was born in America, but she grew up in Canada. Shut up, Chris. She's an American. But she's experienced ration care in Canada. She knows what it's like. Oh, mm, you, you think you broke your leg? That sounds serious. We've got you on the schedule for an X-way two or three weeks from now. Oh, you, uh, you're worried about that lump? You think you need to come in from a mammogram? Okay. Ah, uh, we can get you in two or three months from now. That's real. That's how people live. You've never experienced that in your life unless you've been outside of the States. Neither have I. You're about to. In fact, because of coronavirus, you're about to experience rationing on everything. And I, I, I take that back. I misspoke there, which I know you're going to be shocked at because I'm such a I'm such an oracle, really. Well, an, no, an or I was about to. I just about called myself an oral master, and that probably is not actually the phrase I wanted to use. So I'll, 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 I'll talk master. I'll talk master. I ripped that off from Neil Bortz. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't coronavirus that did this, remember. It was everything we did in response to coronavirus. Have you seen the news about the coming shortages they're planning on various goods? Well, I shouldn't say planning. They're predicting on various goods. Do yourself a favor. Go do a little looking online. There'll be maps of this up. It won't take you long if you do an image search online. And look at all the ships that are held out at sea away from American ports right now. You're about to walk in grocery stores and not see all the stuff you're used to seeing. We had uh, uh, we were getting this uh, uh, sweet security system put in. We got this new studio we're building, and we're getting this sweet uh, security system put in because a bunch of people want to kill me. <laughs> and, but just ordered some cameras, right? Yeah, they have all these fancy cameras and all this stuff they want to put in for it. And normally that stuff is – it's right there off the shelf. And they, they, we were talking to all these security companies, and they, they all said the same thing. So it's not one guy that's, hey, normally this is next day. Normally I even keep it in stock two or three months away from getting a camera. Wait till that's your health care. And when it is your health care, when it is your chicken, when it is your toilet paper, when it is all these things, I want you to remember something. I want you to remember it is not coronavirus that caused all this. That is a cop-out. That is a lie. It is not coronavirus that caused this. It is the coronavirus response. Locking down 
an economy in response to a virus is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. It is not normal. It is not like, oh, we had no choice. This was a choice. All this was done on purpose. On purpose. All right, Chris, before I get to the men's coaches and women's sports, I would like to play for everybody the Speaker of the House. And I just want everyone to keep in mind, our president is Joe Biden, the second most powerful Democrat, probably second most powerful person in America is Nancy Pelosi. Now, you know how Joe Biden speaks, right? Well, here's number two. And, and that's why I said that. Yeah. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Thank you all very much. It's going to be a beautiful day. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Hi. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Think positively. Okay. <laughs> what in the world? Hey, look. You're not. You know I'm not a moral person, right? You know I, I'm a bad human being. I'm certainly not going to point fingers at anyone else for having a couple Jack and Cokes before noon. But Nancy, Nancy, I mean, maybe, look, everyone has to know their tolerance level, right? Look, look if I if I wanted, I, I, I wouldn't do this just because I don't think I'd be sharp. If I wanted to have a beer before the show, I could have a beer before the show. Could my wife have a beer before the show? No, she gets through the neck of a beer and she's just a mess. Nancy, look, it's time to step up and realize you ain't what you used to be. And, and that's why I said that. Yeah. We got it. We got it. <laughs> Thank you all very much. It's going to be a beautiful day. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Hi. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. <laughs> I just want to... I just want to thank you for the eventful day. Anyway, does anyone have a cigarette? I can't. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, you know what? I'll get to the men coaching women's sports here in just a second. Sorry, I have to bring this up because this might be my favorite story of all time. <laughs> the headline is this. <laughs> Drunk Turkish man spends hours helping a search party hunting for a missing, pers- missing person Without realizing it's him. <laughs> Bayhan Mutlu, look, I didn't name the guy, 50, was drinking with friends when he wandered into the woods. He was reported missing, but then stumbled across a search and rescue party. He joined in the search and only realized his error when his name was called. <laughs> How great. How good is this? Because you can just picture this, right? I mean, everybody... I hope you're not one of these people, but everyone has a friend who's that guy. I certainly do. And if he's listening right now, he knows who he is, where he cannot properly control his alcohol. He doesn't even attempt to control his alcohol. He's not trying to, you know, have a couple beers and have a good time. It's the, yeah, let's shotgun a fifth of vodka. And then he turns into disappearing guy. One of my buddies from the Marine Corps used to do this all the time. Like a Marine Corps barracks. It, it's essentially like a dorm, only eh, not quite the quality level. And one night, of course, we're all just having a couple of beers, just relaxing. And he is, of course, shotgunning them by the dozen. And then about an hour or two later, we look around and it's, hey, where did he go? And we had to form our own search party. We found him asleep in someone else's room in the top bunk. It was, I, I know, I know. So everybody knows a guy like this. So picturing 
picturing just wandering in the woods, hammering and coming across a bunch of people. Hey, what are we looking for? I'm in. Oh, we're looking for somebody. I'm going to help out. Let's do it, fellas. I'm certainly not going to leave a man behind. And the question is, how sheepish was he when he realized it was him? Oh, guys, I think we can call the search off. <laughs> it's actually me. <laughs> All right. Maybe maybe my least popular opinion is the one I'm about to give, but I'm still right. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you again in a second. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. And that's why I said that. Yeah. You got it? You got it? <laughs> Thank you all very much. It's going to be a eventful day. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Hi. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. It's going to be a eventful day. It's about the friends we made along the way. I love you, man. <laughs> that's the Speaker of the House. So, so we're doing well. We're certainly doing well in this country. The President of the United States, as we speak, is caught up by a fire with a blankie on him being fed Werther's Originals. And the Speaker of the House is just blasted before noon on a Thursday. That's good. We're doing well here. All right. Before we went into the break, or before we, yeah, before we went into the break, I did what's called in the radio business a tease. What, Chris? Look, I've been doing this almost three years. I know what a tease is. And what I said was, I'm going to voice once again my least popular opinion I give on the show. And because I have a disrespectful staff, they began listing all of those opinions during the break. Immediately, it was the, oh, about you not thinking women should vote, or Jesse, is this about the, what was the, what was the other one? Oh, the ch- I, I want to abolish child labor laws. And, I mean, yeah, I realize I've taken a couple of these opinions, but no, no, I have another one people don't like. I don't care. It's still right. The headline is this. NWSL, that's National Women's Soccer League players, they accuse Coach Paul Riley of coercion. And I'm going to skip the word that came before coercion because it's a family show. Just know it's inappropriate coercion. And they say they felt under his control. And there were a couple players. They claim Riley's behavior went on with multiple teams since 2010. One of the players apparently ended up going out with uh, her coach and they had a couple drinks and apparently apparently it was a good night I, 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 look I'm not not sharing any details here it's whatever why are men coaching national women's soccer why do people accept that this is just normal I, I and I understand we don't want to be the Taliban men and women are different they're different. And biologically, when you put them together, it's a combustible combination, okay? And, and, and there are various levels of impropriety here, okay? I'm not going to make this guy out to be Larry Nasser, but by all appearances, it appears to be uh, a consensual thing. You can argue maybe he abused his position of power or whatever, but nobody's arguing it was anything but consensual. So I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. I'm not getting into the details of this. Why are men coaching women's sports? 
Why are women coaching men's sports? Why are we still doing this and pretending like, oh, all the sexes are the same. Every gender is the same. There's no difference. That's idiotic. It in no way reflects what actually happens in real life. Why do we continue to do this time and time again? I have told you this before. I will tell you this again. The wife, as you know, uh, was a, a high, high-level gymnast. She was born in Ohio but moved to Canada when she was very young and got super into gymnastics. And when I say high-level, she was on the Canadian national team and then moved on to the University of Arizona on a full-ride scholarship where she made nationals a bunch. Like, this girl is awesome. Therefore, when I met her in college, granted I was going to community college and she was going to the actual university, we don't have to go into those details, she brings those up often, when I met her, you end up hanging out with your girlfriend's friends a lot, right? Well, all her friends were other gymnasts. I've spent a lot of time with female athletes, a lot of them because of her. A male coach on some level abusing his position of power over a female athlete under his charge is not the exception. It is the rule. Every single one of them, practically every single one of them had a story. And again, I'm not going to act as if they're all the same. Some of the stories were, okay, slightly aggressive flirting. Other stories were as horrible as you can possibly imagine, and nothing I'm ever going to share here on a national radio show. But why do we continue to do this? Why are men coaching a bunch of teenage or 20-year-old girls in swimsuits? Why? Why are we still pretending like everything's fine? It's the same thing. I went off on this again last night. I'm never going to let this go. It's the same thing with naval ships. Why are we pretending like it's just okay? Oh, you know what we're going to do? We got a naval ship. We have uh, about 2,000 young testosterone-filled 18 to 22-year-old men. Let's get them on this naval ship. They need to go on deployment, a six-month deployment out to sea. And you know what I think we should do? Let's take 50 18 to 20-year-old women, and we'll throw them on the ship too. I mean, after all, everything's equal. and We're all the same, right? I mean, everything's the same. Are we, are we supposed to, how long are we going to do this where we deny human nature forever? Forever. It drives me absolutely insane. Yes, I understand there are a million great male coaches over females out there. I just don't think this is something we should accept as society. And I feel the same thing about women over men, I should point out, when, when, we're, when we're talking about coaching. Why? What does it add? What are, we, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? We don't have to do this at all. Is it, is it the end of the world to acknowledge we're different? We're different? And when I bring that up about the Navy, when I bring it up about men, I'm not even crucifying men. I'm not crucifying women. I'm not crucifying this coach. He was coach of a bunch of women, professional women's soccer players. So you're a dude in charge of a bunch of dimes for a decade. You're basically inviting something to happen here. You're basically inviting something to happen. And I'm not looking down or judging anybody, but you're basically inviting something to happen. And look, I'll tell you, there's a reason I have Chris and new guy Michael sitting here in the studio and not uh, Diamond and Cinnamon sitting here in the studio. 
It's not because I'm a bad person, or well, I am a bad person, but it's not because they're bad people. It's because biology and human nature is what it is. Why can't we grow up? Why can't we act like grownups anymore? Or are we so obsessed with this complete farce called equality that we can't acknowledge human nature? It drives me up the wall. Drives me up the wall. All right. Well, as long as I have really, really, really unpopular opinions, I'm going to go ahead and roll out another one here in about two or three minutes from now. And yeah, eh, I get it. It's going to get some hate mail. Oh, and don't forget tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Get me your ask me anything questions now. Hang on. Why I said that? Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> Thank you all very much. It's going to be a beautiful day. Perhaps I'll see you along the way. Hi. <laughs> it is the Jesse Kelly Show and Nancy Pelosi. Look, Nancy. Hey, you're the one who's 90 years old. Far be it for me to give you guidance, but you're going to pay for that tomorrow. All right, that all-day binge drink may feel good, feel like you're 20 years old again. You're going to feel that for a couple days after, Nancy. <laughs> it is it is the Jesse Kelly Show. And once again, don't forget, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in now for you new listeners. What questions you may ask? Well, on Fridays, we do it a little different on this show. The whole show is your questions. And it's whatever you want. Email it to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Put Ask Dr. Jesse in the subject line and whatever you want. It can be politics. That's cool. Doesn't have to be. Can be dumb. Can be history. Can be men, women, whatever. Oh, and one more thing before I forget. You know, we did something good on this show. I, I mean, obviously, we're all just counting down the seconds until I get kicked off the air, right? It's half the emails I get are, please don't get kicked off. Best of luck, Jess. I mean, everybody sees this coming. At some point, it's going to come. Well, even if it happens tomorrow, and it certainly might, we've done one decent thing on this show. You know Medal of Honor Mondays, right? For anyone who's unfamiliar, every single Monday, we, we don't. it's nothing special. We take a Medal of Honor citation. They're all available online. They're all free. It's not like I have some special access. Every Medal of Honor citation is online. We grab one. We print it. I read it on the air. This thing is apparently really, really catching on with people, and we got the coolest email about this. Get this. Jesse. Just wanted to let you know you inspired me to start Medal of Honor Monday in my classroom. Obviously, this is a teacher. Students research and report on a Medal of Honor recipient on Monday mornings. I can't tell you how this has had an impact on the students. They are amazed at the bravery shown in these stories. We are now hanging their pictures and stories on a wall outside our classroom. Thanks for the idea. You are wise in all things but flat. <laughs> Will not give those up. Signs it a proud Catholic school teacher in Ohio. That is stinking awesome. And that's why every Monday when we do it, that's why I say it's not enough for us to know they exist. 
Like right now, you know they exist. They're all out there. All those Medal of Honor citations, they're there. But if we don't actually read them, what good does it do? Like that old line, if, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it make a noise? Who cares, right? Because nobody was there. It's not enough for these things to collect virtual dust online. Let's read them. Read them to kids. Read them in front of your kids. It does make an impact. Kids don't know they're there. I mean, you didn't know they were there. Most people don't, right? That's not the end of the world. Just most people don't. They are there, though. And these stories of our heroes, they're everywhere. All right. Now, I was debating which controversial subject to take up next. I could dig into national divorce again because I have more proof of it. I could say why women should be charged more for medical care. That'll be very powerful. And I could defend parents of a fugitive. I, You know what? I'm going to do something I've never done before. Chris, should I do national divorce? Should I say why women should pay more for health care? Or should I talk about a national fugitive and defend his parents? Okay, I'll defend the fugitive. You should, if you don't like this, this is on Chris. I haven't talked about this story yet simply because sometimes when people talk about crime stories, murders and kidnappings and stuff like that, I don't know. I'm, I am a sociopath, right? You know, I'm not a good person, but I feel like it's a little gross. I feel, I feel like there's not genuine care there from whatever TV or radio host or writers talking about it. It's just great clickbait, right? And this Gabby Petito story has taken the country's obsession. And and for those who don't know what this Gabby Petito story is, just a brief recap. I'm not an expert on it. I only hit the 30,000-foot view. She took off on on a road trip with some guy, Brian Laundrie. Brian Laundrie or Landry, I think. Brian Laundrie, whatever. Yes, they're together, Chris. Yes, they were together. They're a couple. They take off on a trip. Uh, apparently she was documenting a lot of their time together on Instagram and it's the standard stuff you would expect any young couple. Oh, look at us by the canyon. We're giving smoochy smoochies. And then at some point in time he came back and she didn't. And so immediately because it had been documented and whatnot, most of the country was one of those, some crime stories just make people fascinated. And so the country was fascinated immediately, understandably. So where is this girl? Is she okay? You know, it's in the back of everyone's mind. I bet she's not okay, but I hope she's okay. Let's hope and pray about it. Well, cops can't find this guy. The cops cannot find this guy. And apparently, if 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 the reports are to be believed, and with our media, you never know whether that's the case or not. If reports are to be believed, his parents are helping or facilitating or assisting what other word we want to what I don't know I know all those words kind of mean the same thing apparently his parents are helping out with him not being caught now let me clarify something here before I give you my unpopular opinion obviously I'm not exactly a big fan of hurting women I mean, look, I, we had a we had something yesterday go on in the studio right here, and the guys saw it firsthand. Someone was in our studio beforehand. They weren't supposed to be, but someone was in our studio beforehand, and it was time for us to come in and do our thing. 
and I saw they were in here, and immediately I get mad because everybody knows it's my studio, right? It's, it's just, you know, we got stuff we got to get done here. We have to entertain the masses. And um, Shut up, Chris. Anyway, and so I get mad, as you can imagine, and I come storming in through the door because I can see him through the window and the door, and I'm getting ready to, hey, get your butt and get out of my studio now. I go storming in through the door, and then there's two ladies sitting in there. And immediately it, w- it went from get your butt out to, hey, guys, no, no, no big rush. I, I, you gotta, if you guys don't mind, I've, gotta, I've just got to use the studio, right? I don't know what that is. I don't know. Maybe I'm a big sissy. I can't, I can't talk that way to women. I can, definitely can't yell at women. It doesn't feel right. You can say that's old-fashioned and wrong. I don't know. Maybe it is old-fashioned and wrong. If I ever have a scenario where I have to speak to the manager. Or, or on the phone, the restaurant screwed up the order, and I call, that's it, I'm calling somebody. They screwed up my cheeseburger, and the manager cuts on, hey, this is Michelle, how can I help you? Immediately, it's all, oh, no big deal, Michelle, just wanted to say it was all good. I, I don't know what that is. So, don't be hurting women. Don't be raising your voice to them, unless she spends all your money. No, I'm kidding, don't, just, just be chill with it. So, I'm not defending him, not defending the... Alleged murder. I mean, looks like murder. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to pass judgment here. It looks really bad. So I'm not defending any of that. All right. Set, set all that stuff aside. His parents, though. I don't know your views on family and loyalty and things like that. And I'm certainly not going to stand here and tell you what I'm about to say is correct, is morally right, because I, I, I can't say that. And you're welcome to call and lecture me about it. It's fine. I get it. 877-377-4373. I see parents hiding their son from the law. And I get it. Is that out of line, Chris? I I get it. Look, I've always got Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Not the corruption and stuff like that, but you got a son... He turns out to be a huge, messed up, disappointment, drug head. You feel like you got to look out for him. You're going to get him some jobs he shouldn't get because you don't want him to be a dirt ball forever. Obviously, I'm really holding out hope my sons never murder somebody or commit crimes. You know what I mean? I want, I want fine, upstanding young men. That's what I want. But my sons, my family... My family comes before all. My people come before all. If that day ever came, and please, Lord, I'm just, this is just a hypothetical for radio, but if that day ever came, and Dad, I'm in trouble. Dad, they're after me. I need help. And we're on a, we're on a boat to Columbia. And I know that's not, I know that's probably not right. And I know you're probably throwing something at the radio right now. I get it. But my people are my people. For life. They're not my people right up until the point it gets uncomfortable. They're my people forever. So there, lecture me about that. 877-377-4373. That's fine. You want to call and yell, I totally deserve it. But maybe you should call on your brand new Pure Talk phone because Pure Talk, they do it differently. Same network as, you know, one of the big guys, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Only the average family saves over $800 a year. That's $800 a year without sacrificing coverage. And I want to explain to you how easy this is because I've just recently gone through it. You want to keep your phone? Fine. 
Uh, look, if you want a new one, they have those two great discounts, but you want to keep your number, also fine. They just send you a SIM card, you make a phone call, and like that, you're switched over. And we're talking about a company that has its customer service here in America. You'll find that refreshing when you call, too. From your cell phone right now, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, don't worry. I'm, I have way more offensive things to talk about tonight, too, than just defending murderers. <laughs> but but look, it's, it's your one-stop shop for offensive talk tonight here on the Jesse Kelly Show. All right. Now... I'm going to get to your phone calls. Am I way out of bounds? Well, you can call about anything tonight. I don't care. Or am I way out of bounds on defending my sons? What I said before the break, in case you missed it, was this. I just simply said, I get it. I get I get hiding your son if he's a fugitive from the law. My son comes to me when he's 20 years old. Dad, I did something terrible. Help. I mean, I'm not throwing him in the car and driving him down to the cop shop. Now, if he wants to turn himself in, fine. I'll help him out, get a lawyer, whatnot. If we got to go, then we got to go. It's off to the mountains for us. It's just the way it is. And that's not that's not, not that I disrespect the law or cops or anything like that. My people are my people. That's the bottom line. My people come first. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not. Now, I'll get to your calls about that, 877-377-4373 in a moment. But what's one of the things I tell you about American communists? Now, I realize that was probably a way, way, way open-ended question. But here it is. I tell you, America's communists are no different than communists have always been. One of the quotes that has always stuck with me from Vladimir Lenin, and I apologize. I realize I bring up some names sometimes because I'm a huge history dork And not everyone's a huge history dork. And so I do that thing that I hate other people do. I bring up a name and I don't explain it all. Vladimir Lenin, he was the one who led the communist revolution in the Soviet Union. 1917, Soviet Union was this, it had the czar in charge, basically just a big monarchy. He leads the revolution of the communists. And Lenin was the first of those leaders. Stalin came after Lenin, but Lenin was the first of them. And there's a quote of his that, that it always stuck with me, always stuck with me. He said, give me four years to teach the children and the seed I have sown will never be uprooted. That's Vladimir Lenin. And what do I always tell you about America's communists? America's communists are no different than communists have always been. I want you to listen very closely, parents, to the education secretary from today because I want to get to Secretary Becerra. Do you think parents should be in charge of their child's education as the primary stakeholder? I believe parents are important stakeholders, but I also believe educators have a role in determining uh, educational programming. And I think that's going to be a little out of focus, what I think you're going to find across all elements of education. Since they pay the bills, they raise the kids, they probably need to be the primary 
uh, spokespeople for their own kids. Did you hear that? You just heard, you just heard Terry McAuliffe running for governor in Virginia say that same thing last night. Parents shouldn't be in the class. I don't think parents should decide what we teach. This is not something that's a one-off that Education Secretary Cardona simply came up with and pulled out of the sky. These people, from Lenin to now, they do not look at your children the same way you look at other children. They look at your children as things to be pulled away from you. They think, the people teaching your kids, and I don't just mean your communist college professors you send them off to, the people teaching your kids, they're actively trying to get them to turn on you and their country and themselves. There's nothing they want more. They know how important the youth are. We've talked about it before on the show. Who were Mao's foot soldiers? The teenagers and college kids. Who ran Pol Pot's prison camps? Teenage boys. Listen to Yuri Bezmenov from the Soviet Union when he tells you how they think and why they think that way. Demoralization, it takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. That was in 1984. We're how far past that now? 40 years past that now. This is what they're doing. They don't look at your kids that way. And it's hard for us to understand. It's hard for you to understand. It's hard for me to understand. When I look at someone else's kids, man, I never want to interfere. I mean, I get, I, I get uncomfortable. I, you remember when I went dove hunting a couple weeks ago when we were saving America, protecting it from doves? What, Chris? But you remember when I went dove hunting and I went with my buddy and his kids along and we had all these weapon safety talks and things like that. And even then, sometimes I got uncomfortable of, hey, hey, pay attention. If it's not my son, my sons, I have no problem saying that. If it's not my son, hey, do I got you? Are you here? This is important because it's someone else's kid, right? That's how you are. Uh, whoa, whoa, that's someone else's kid. I don't want to I don't want to interfere with someone else's kid. That kind of thinking doesn't even enter their mind. These people, these people see your kids from across the street and think to themselves, hmm, how can I get to that child? They view you, they view your children, they view everything as a cog in the wheel. As a, as a possession of the state, you simply belong to the state. Your child belongs to the state. Why are you teaching your child values at home? Get them in school so we can teach them their proper role is to belong to the state while at the same time destroying the state because you can never remake the state into a communist utopia until you bring it to its knees. So they will teach your child to despise themselves, 
They will teach them to hate you. That is almost always the case. Read my emails from parents who've sent their kids off to universities, and they will teach your child to hate their country. Otherwise, unless you fill a child up with that much bitterness and hate, they would never accept communism. What have I told you? The one way to make sure you'll never raise a communist, raise grateful children. All right, now I will finally get to your phone calls, 877-377-4373, next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Joining me now, founder of Young Americans Against Socialism, Morgan Zeggers. And Morgan, I have to tell you, One of my least favorite quotes ever is actually from a man, Winston Churchill, who I'm sure you know well. The whole, if you're under under 30 and not a socialist, you have no heart. And if you're over 30 and not a conservative, you have no brain. I despise this concept that young people are just expected to be nutballs. I think that is wrong. What say you? Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of why I named the organization Young Americans Against Socialism. Honestly, I was just having a little fun with it and being coy because whenever people met me, they were so shocked that I was young and against socialism. So I was like, let's show people that people like me exist. Morgan, okay, you start this group, and obviously you've had a bunch of success, and you're a rising star out there, but... Uh, what kind of traction is it getting? Are you getting yelled at and spit on everywhere you go? Are you finding young people to be more receptive this than you thought? Uh, I mean, Jesse, to be honest, we're just so far past the issue of socialism. <laughs> oh. uh, part of the work that I do is making sure that people understand socialism isn't just another tax. It's not just another government behavior or action. It's the economic step of the rise of communists. And what we're seeing in America today is not just, you know, AOC pushing for the Green New Deal and other actual economic socialist policies. Instead, we're seeing the rise of totalitarianism, authoritarianism, very serious issues. And so I named it this organization because back in 2019, there was a need for people to just understand the basics of socialism. What we did is interview survivors and immigrants from socialist and communist countries. But we are facing a huge, huge issue here moving forward in 2021. Things are exacerbated. The game has changed. And so uh, moving forward, I mean, we've got some big, big ideas and some big plans, and that's what's needed to combat this and save the future of America, honestly. What big ideas? Give me one. Spoil something for me because people are hungry out there. All right, don't don't get a little creeped out, but I'm honestly, I'm not a prepper. I just would like to be prepared. And so I really try and normalize the concept of self-reliance and independence, especially in my generation, especially with young women, because I want them to be independent. And so we talk about freedom, we talk about liberty, we talk about tyranny. Uh, but what I really want to stress to people is that we cannot rely on the system. That's the problem with socialism. It's government becomes the only provider of services, the only provider of products, and that creates a reliance the people relying on the government. But it's so much bigger than that. We rely on the system, the corporations, all of these uh, uh, supply chains, and it's very, very dangerous, and it's going to put us in a weak position in the coming years. And so I try and make sure everybody out there at a family, local, community, and individual level is prepared and very aware of what's about to happen. Okay. By prepared, especially when you talk about young women, I love this because women are so much more vulnerable. What are you telling young women? What are you getting out there to them? 
So I'm sure it's not a shock for you. Uh, I believe in the concept of homeschooling. I understand not everybody can homeschool. But what I'm trying to talk to a lot of the young girls and even the young men in my life about is normalizing the concept that we, for too many decades in America, have been falling for it. For some reason, we've just had this dangerous complacency of assuming that this is just how life is, that we're just going to continue to send our kids onto the school bus every morning, Monday through Friday, take them to soccer practice every Saturday, go to church on Sunday. People don't go to church anymore. What am I kidding? But we have basically obliged to this arbitrary societal standard of what life is in America. And we need to start changing that perspective. And once we do that, we can understand that, oh, wait, maybe I could see myself homeschooling my kids one day, or at least getting them out of public school. Maybe I could see myself spending more time at home with my family and my children instead of grinding at a nine to five corporation job every day. And so once we start to think of those little tiny changes and those perceptions that we need to change on a individual level, we're going to have a better chance. But this, again, all starts with mindset and family. And so if we can get men to understand that they need to do certain things and women to understand that they need to do certain things separately and then come together for that strong family unit, we're going to be great because strong individuals lead to strong families, lead to strong communities. And in this era of national government, not federal government, where our states, our constitution are being ignored by the Biden regime, we need to make sure we're strong at the smallest levels. Amen. I, I've, I've said it all the time. It's all starting small. Starts in the family. Starts in the church. Starts in the city councils. Starts in the sheriff's office. Everyone, everyone loves Congress and the Senate because it's so sexy, right? I, I'm a congressman. I'm a senator. That is not where the future of this battle is. Speaking with Morgan Zegger, she is the founder of Young Americans Against Socialism. Morgan, have you seen young people possibly? And this is a, a naive hope of an old man here. Possibly because young people tend to rebel at some point in time. I certainly did. Well, the norm out there now is to be a communist scumbag. Shouldn't there be some kind of youth rebellion against that? I think so. So I see two avenues that we're facing here. First of all, about 70% of young Americans as of like 2019, 2020, were saying that they would vote for a socialist. This is all before COVID-19, right? And so Everybody looks at those crazy numbers, and first of all, they assume that that means every young person in America is the next Che Guevara, and so they freak out, they get mad, they say, well, we're going to ship you off to Cuba, and you don't need to be here in America. In reality, what we have is like a small minority of radical leftists. I call them flat earthers of economics because they've seen what actual economic socialism will do to a country, and they still think we might actually make it work this time. That's flat earther of economics right there. Fortunately, most young Americans that say they want socialism have no idea what they're talking about and have never heard the term seizing the means of production or nationalized industry in their life. So I find that to be very positive because it means that they could probably just agree with us on a base of capitalism, economic independence, and classical liberalism, and we can move forward from there. So that's one point. The other aspect of that, though, is the fact that we have never before lived under a society of force. We've never felt a need. We live so luxuriously in America. Mm -hmm. That's why 70 percent of young Americans can say, sure, I'd try socialism, because they just have no idea. So we can look at it through that perspective of now they have lived under authority and force, and they are experiencing that specifically from Biden. So they will rebel against this because finally they are putting put, being put to the test. The other avenue that I'm seeing, though, is this re it's this uh, new embracing of core American values. And so by that, I mean family, religion, discipline, hard work. Those are on the rise again, Jesse. I don't know if you've noticed it. I notice it all the time. Discipline, respect, 
tradition, culture, heritage, those things are making a comeback. And it's up to us to continue to make that happen, especially as the left is trying to rampage against us with their own cultural revolution that looks just like Mao's did with the Red Army. Morgan, how old are you? 24. 24 years old. You hear that, everybody? 24. Your kid doesn't have to be an idiot just because he or she is 24 years old. Morgan, really quickly, we've only got about a minute and a half left. I get emails all the time from parents like myself with kids who are up and coming and approaching college age. You just left college. What is the Morgan Zegger's advice? Oh, what is the Morgan Zegger's advice? I think we all have to look back to the basic concepts of what is college meant to be in the first place. If you don't have a direction, do not go to college for an undecided major. People go to college with an undecided major as their set goal and then assume that a few years in they're going to figure it out. Do not do that. Do not waste money. The second aspect of this is if you don't need to go to college, you should not force yourself into complying with the standards of society. What I think is really important is to understand that the most fulfilling things that will come from life are family, love, religion, tradition, all of these really great things that can't come from money. And so as long as you're able to sustain yourself, take care of yourself, take care of your family, put food on the table, think of the bigger picture of life and do not fall for the arbitrary societal standards that are being put on us. I also want to just give a shout out. A lot of people like to use me when they're trying to convert their kids into believing in freedom, believing in independence. And so on Instagram, on social media, if you find me at Morgan Zeggers, I do things just like today. I posted a picture of how I conceal carry as a 24-year-old five-foot woman, both conceal carry in my purse and appendix carry. And so I try and post pictures normalizing these concepts and talking about how I can't wait to have babies and have a husband one day. So all of those fun things that we're trying to normalize and uh, excite the passions of in my generation, please have them find me on social media so we can connect with all the kids out there that need it. Go find her. You'll enjoy it. Morgan, appreciate you very much. Thanks so much, Jesse. I appreciate it. See? Young people don't have to be dumb. They could be sharp. All right, now I owe you your phone calls. I'll get to them. 877-377-4373 right after this. But first, I told you already about Oxford Gold and how they take care of friends and family members of mine. I want to drive this point home, though. You've heard about gold a million different times. You drive up the road. You see, uh, you buy some gold stocks here or gold. You talk to your investment guy. Oh, yeah, I'll get you some gold. They're not talking about you taking possession of physical gold. You need to have physical gold in your possession, and that's what Oxford Gold Group does to you when they make it so easy. They, I'm talking shipping it to your front door. Call Oxford. I know him personally. Just tell him Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Call Oxford Gold Group today. All right, your phone calls and why women should pay more for health care. Next. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Let it get me down. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I've been teasing it to you for like like two hours now, but I'm finally going to get to your phone calls. Remember, though, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your your emails in now to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We take the whole show. We answer your emails. Doesn't have to be political. Can be. Can be stupid. History, men, women, work, it doesn't matter. We will answer them all. Now... I'm sure there's plenty of disagreement out there. What I had said earlier was 
I get the parents helping their fugitive son, who ah, probably is a murderer. My people are my people. Steven in New York. Go, brother. All right. Uh, my question is, suppose the scenario was you, your son was Ted Bundy, and you wanted to protect him. Now, there was evidence that he killed 10 or 15 women. Oof. And he came back to the house while you were out, got in an argument with your wife, and killed her. And afterwards contacted you. Would you still protect him? You put me in a bind with the Ted Bundy thing, Stephen. You did that on purpose because it's actually a great point that I can't refute. All right. Look, you made a great point. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ryan, also in New York. Ryan, go. All right, Jesse, and I'm hooked on your show. And I just want to let you know and everyone know later tonight I'm going to be giving out Willy Wonka golden tickets. Listen, <laughs> the, the hard left in this country has been rebuilt by legal immigration, their appetite is getting bigger and bigger. And how you know, and this is my opinion, I think I'm right, the hard left and the Republican Party are fronts for the establishment. And how you can smoke out the Republicans is they'll say, I support legal immigration. So you support open borders then. They've rebuilt the Democratic Party. California is Exhibit A. California has been rebuilt through illegal immigration and legal immigration, it's gone, forget it, gone goodbye. Cortez could beat George Washington for the governorship in California today. That's how you would know and tell people how far gone it is. The hard left is taking a wrecking ball and they're sending it right through Western civilization. And my point of view is, you know, what are we doing here? Put the military on the border when you have a Republican governor. These countries who send in their illegals into our country, send them a bill. People who come here and overstay their visas, well, those countries lose their visa privileges. I illegals could be easily deported out of this country. If that would have been done, and I was a bit, when I was a young dude, I was a big supporter of Pat Buchanan, and I knew at the time he was the right man at the right time. They called him every name in the book. They went after him like pit bulls in a meat locker. They and did. As Pat started talking. They did. But listen, listen, I, I wanted, and that's a great phone call. Thank you. Listen to this. This came out earlier today. The Department of Homeland Security issued new guidelines Thursday to immigration officers that say being an undocumented person should, quote, not alone be the basis, end quote, of being deported. You heard that right. The Department of Homeland Security said it's not enough just to be here illegally there has to be more or don't deport them. I mean, look, that's a great phone call because he's right. There's, there's no overcoming that if we don't get that right. And the problem is the GOP is so weak and scared and pathetic on illegal immigration. I don't know that they can get it right. I don't know. Tracy in Lakewood, Colorado, go. Hi, Jesse. I just... Um, I thought about what you said that your people are your people and I totally get that view you know I would protect my kids but I wouldn't break the consequences for them I I was a teacher I I saw parents over and over again constantly wanting to break the consequences and if Brian Laundrie had something to do with this poor girl's death she paid the ultimate price for his parents probably breaking the consequences his entire life. And they're continuing to do that right now. 
Pro- probably, uh, probably not out of the realm. Of, yeah, that's probably a good call. That's a good. That's a good point, Tracy. It probably is. I mean, you don't know what kind of parents people are. I mean, some kids just go crazy, right? I mean, some kids just go nuts. Uh, look, everybody's gonna know why if my kids go nuts. Everyone's gonna know it's my fault. But it, it, some parents, some kids just go crazy. You know, sometimes there's a wire loose, drugs, get in with the wrong group of friends. So I mean, I don't know that I want to indict the parents, but it's not a bad call. You know who knows this really well though is teachers, like Tracy was. Teachers will tell you, and I'll tell you, I I've saw this so much. I've seen in this modern day and age, and this is so insane to me, but I've seen, talk about enabling parents. I've seen people screw up at work and I've grown men, like grown men, 30, 40 years old, screwing up at work, even in their twenties and their moms have called in to speak to the manager when the manager gets their son in trouble. Can you even wrap your mind around that? Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm 40 years old, and to this day, I don't think I would call my father if I got in trouble at work for screwing something up, not because I'm worried about him calling my boss. I'm worried about him flying down here to bop me upside the head and tell me to stop being an idiot. But we live in a different time now, and I don't get it. I, 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 I hate to say that I'm 40. I'm, I know I'm not 90. I look around at so much of the values of this society now, and I know you I know you feel the same way. I feel old. It makes me feel like I'm ancient, like I have no relation to these people at all. And there's a there's an ad out there right now, and it's all it's getting blasted all across social media right now. And I'm going to play it for you here in just a second. And the ad is, it's a hit on Ron DeSantis, Heavy D, uh, the governor of Florida. It's a hit on DeSantis. And everyone's making fun of the guy who made the ad. Everyone on the right, I should say, is making fun of the guy who made the ad. And you'll hear it. I'm going to play it for you. It's a little long. I'll play it when we get back. And people on the right are making fun of the guy because they're all, um, this makes Ron DeSantis sound awesome. He sounds incredible. What's wrong with you? And, and they're not wrong, right? I saw the ad and I was like, wow, I like Heavy D even more now than I did before. But it does reveal something about the state of our country. It is a revealing ad. I'm going to play the ad for you in just a second, and then we'll discuss it, and then we'll get to your calls. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. I can't believe we've only got an hour left. I still haven't gotten to the point to why women should pay more for health care. Oh, don't worry, Chris. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but first, I teased it going in. Uh, some crazy, crazy dude in Florida. He's actually a lawyer, which is actually not surprising, but probably shouldn't insult lawyers quite so much. My sister is one, but the dude's a lawyer. He's this hardcore lib in Florida. He hates Ron DeSantis. So he started some group, Remove Ron, I think the group is called, and they came up with an anti-Ron DeSantis ad. Now, I'm going to play you the ad. It's a little long. I'll probably cut it off at some point in time, but I'm going to play you the ad. And, and, and I want you to listen for something a little different as I play you the ad. There's visual with it. We'll put it up probably on Jesse Kelly show, the Twitter page or something like that. But there's visual of it. Not that you're missing out. It's basically people on an airplane. But... I want you to listen a little differently than everyone else has listened to this. You're going to listen and you're going to think two things automatically. One, wow, 
Ron DeSantis in Florida sounds awesome. And two, who is this idiot who thought this made Ron DeSantis look bad? But I want you to listen a little differently. I want you to understand half the country, 45% of the country, a significant percentage of the United States of America, maybe more than half, they hear this ad and they agree with the people who made it. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of your cabin crew, we'd like to inform you that we have officially entered Florida airspace. Now that we're making our final descent, please watch this short message from Governor Ron DeSantis on COVID-19. Thereafter, everyone on board will be required to comply with the state's forever purge. We are not doing any vaccine passports in the state of Florida. We trust people to make their own decisions in this state. We are not going to be bludgeoning people with restrictions and mandates and lockdowns or any of that stuff. As Governor DeSantis stated, while you're within state lines, you do not have to wear a mask. You do not have to get a vaccine. It is against the law for private businesses or schools to mandate masks or vaccines. And you have the absolute right to infect whoever you want, whenever and wherever with COVID-19. Thank you for traveling. Okay, okay, okay. I think we got it. We got it. We got it. I could keep playing it, but I mean, the music really makes it. But you hear that. And I know what you think. It's the same thing I thought. I saw it first thing this morning and I thought to myself, oh, wow, Heavy D is awesome. How crazy is it that half the country, half the country sees that ad and they think, this sounds terrible. Freedom? He's letting people make their own choices? He's not, he's not forcing people? What is this madness? And you may be tempted to say something. People say to me a lot when I say half the country this and half the country that. People will say things to me like, Jesse, that's not true. That's like, it's like 20% of the country even pays attention to politics. I'm going to say something as clearly as I can, and I, I need you to hear me here, and it's going to be offensive, but it's still true. Yeah, most people don't matter. I'm not talking about in the eyes of God or something like that, but the interested few, people like you, They have always decided the direction of nations for the uninterested masses. I know your brother doesn't watch politics and doesn't care. He's into sports. That doesn't mean he's a bad person at all. But when it comes to the direction of the nation, your brother doesn't matter. He doesn't. Either you're interested and involved or you're sitting in the stands watching the players play. So don't say that to me. The people who are involved... Half of them think like this, which takes me back to my national divorce idea. And I know it's ridiculous and it's never going to happen. And, 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 and I get all these things. But if we're this opposite as people, if, if, we're, if we're this dissimilar to each other, I mean, no common values at all. If we're this different, why are we still doing this? What is the point of still doing this. All right. Now, speaking of what is the point, I want you to listen to this person. 
This person is not some peon, not some wingnut college kid standing on the corner. This person is an elected member of Congress with a growing, growing power base as far as the direction of this nation. Now, again, you're mad about a national divorce idea. Can you live with this person? Anti-abortion legislators in 47 states focused on legislating hurt and harm to push this critical health care out of reach. They simply put safe and necessary abortion care out of reach for our most vulnerable, specifically our lowest income sisters, our queer, trans, and non-binary siblings, black, Latinx, AAPI, immigrants, disabled, and indigenous folks. Like the roots of the anti-abortion movement, these bans are rooted in patriarchy and white supremacy. They perpetuate cycles of poverty and economic inequality and exacerbate many of our starkest health disparities. That's an elected member of U.S. Congress. That's an ele- this, this that I'm about to play you, this is a doctor testifying before Congress today. Allow me to ask the question again. Should we be sharing a nation with this person? SB8 has not only caused a near total abortion ban in Texas, it has made it extremely dangerous to be pregnant in Texas, where our maternal morbidity and mortality rate is already unconscionably high, especially for black women and pregnant people of color. I know firsthand that abortion saves lives. For the thousands of people I've cared for, abortion is a blessing. Abortion is an act of love. Abortion is freedom. We need federal protection now. Okay, do you have things in common with that person? Is that somebody you want to live with? And again, I'll say this again. I know most people aren't as pro-life as I am. I get that. That's fine. Chris isn't even that pro-life. Even he listens to that and he's all, oh my gosh, what? These people are nutballs. Nutballs. All right. You know what? That's enough of that heavy stuff. Here's why women should pay more for health care. <clears throat> Woman billed an extra $11 for crying during a medical procedure. She posted a photo of her bill and captioned it, Mole removal, $223. The crying was an extra $11. It was described as brief emotion. <laughs> and I, heard, I read this and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not a big favor of price gouging, but you know how much more time consuming it must be to deal with women when it comes to medical procedures just because of all the questions. And nobody's done a better brief comedy skit on this than the great Jeff Foxworthy who lays it out pretty stinking well. Women always have more questions than men have answers to. Great example of this. Six, seven months ago, I get a text one day. The text says, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. I walk into the kitchen where my wife is. I said, hey, I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, was he driving? I said, I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. Were Carol and the kids in the car with him? I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. Were the people in the other car hurt? I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. What hospital did they take him to? I don't know. I just got a text that said, please pray for Tom. He was in a bad wreck. She said, well, you don't know anything. What do you know? I know you need to pray for Tom. I just got a text that said he was in a bad wreck. <laughs> oh, who's better than Jeff Foxworthy? All right. 
Love the show, Doc. I listen to every show while working every day. Keep up the great work, bud. Here's my comment, and I hope conservatives get on board with this. Here it goes. Get behind Trump for president because the only he's the only one in the Republican Party, including DeSantis, that will get in there and fire everybody and eliminate the deep state threat we Americans are dealing with today. He will do it because he sees now how they stabbed him in the back, and we all know Trump loves to say, you're fired. The reason I say wait, DeSantis, is because Trump doesn't have to worry about re-election. So after four years clearing Washington out, he can leave office and support Heavy D. Says I can say his name, thanks me for my service, and loves the show. His name is Bobby. You might be right. You might be wrong. Let's talk about Trump and DeSantis and going forward. Let's get uncomfortable here in just a second. But first, you know carnivore trading, right? These guys revolutionized how folks like us can make money in the stock market. And look, I'm busy. I don't have time to research stocks and charts. And and honestly, I don't even want to. Just tell me what stocks look ready to explode and why. That's why carnivore trading gives me. Carnivore trading is an elite group of brilliant Wall Street traders who democratize stock trading for everyone. Carnivore members receive real-time text alerts of the explosive trades Carnivore has identified right now. You can make that trade through your discount broker or pass. Carnivore trading is where regular people with little or no stock trading experience learn how to crush it in their spare time. And now Carnivore invites you to see their explosive real-time trades free for two weeks. Go to GetOurTrades.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code JESSE. See website for terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and if Chris calls Jimi Hendrix overrated one more time, you're just going to hear a murder live on the air. I'm just going to reach over there and just murder him right now. Don't ever speak. You know that great story about Hendrix I've told you before? I'm going to get back to this email and Trump versus DeSantis and all this stuff in a second. One of my favorite stories of all time. Back when Eric Clapton was huge, I realize he's not exactly small now, but when he was like blowing up because there was this era where all of a sudden you had these guitar gods, right? So Eric Clapton was one of those guys. And uh, Townsend, Town- Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend with The Who was another one of those guys. Just blowing up, wow, look at this magician on the guitar. And they were buddies. They knew each other. And Jimi Hendrix hadn't quite blown up yet. He was one of these playing underground bars and stuff like that. In fact, I'm going to tell you an underground bar Jimi Hendrix story in just a moment. Hang on a second for that. I have no idea why I'm going to tell you that. Hopefully mom's not listening. But anyway, so Eric Clapton is hanging out with Townsend in London. If I remember it, the story is in London. They're hanging out. They're just going out on the town enjoying themselves. And they go into this underground bar. And remember, what they're selling right now to the masses is, I'm the best guitar guy around. That's part of the appeal. Oh, Eric Clapton, Pete Townsend, I'm going to get to watch somebody play guitar. who I've never seen anyone do this before. They walk into this underground bar, and Jimi Hendrix is up there just shredding on the guitar. And I forget which one of them turned to who, so I don't want to mess up the story. But one of them turned to the other. I do believe it was Clapton turned to Townsend, and he said, oh, no, 
what are we going to do now? Jimi Hendrix was so good, Eric Clapton and Pete Townsend looked at each other and thought, I can't do that. Whatever that is, I can't do that. That's amazing, Chris. What? I understand near the end of his life he was trying experimental jazz. He was also trying black tar heroin. I understand that it was not going to be a long career here, pal. This goes back to our Leonard Skinner theory. And it's the, the probably the most offensive theory we've come up with on the show. Leonard Skinner is in virtually everybody's top ten, most people's top five, and should be. Leonard Skinner's a great band. Part of the reason is it died early. You die before you get fat and rich and boring and the music doesn't shred anymore. Same thing applies to comedians, actors. It's the Chris Farley theory. I mean, who didn't love Chris Farley? If we're being honest, Chris Farley had churned out about three or four just stinkers before he passed away. I mean, I'm not hoping he passed away, but instead he went down as a legend because he's got this tiny body of work that's now hysterical. All right, don't get me distracted anymore, Chris. It's a political show. The question was, the guy wants Trump to run again. Wants Trump to run again. Wants Ron DeSantis to wait. And I need to hit you between the eyes with this. I don't wave anybody's pom-poms. And I know it's human nature to wave pom-poms for somebody. I get that. I understand you've got Ron DeSantis pajamas or Donald Trump pajamas. I do not think in in those terms. I I have met everybody from every walk of life. All men are just men. I don't feel like people are worthy of worship, any of them. Not politicians, not pastors, not not, nobody. I don't, don't feel they're worthy of worship. I like Donald Trump. Donald Trump was an outstanding president. And full disclosure, I hated his guts during the primary. I love Ted Cruz. I know Ted Cruz. I was all in for Cruz. And then Cruz loses the primary for Trump. And because Hillary Clinton is, well, the Antichrist, I decided to vote for Trump anyway. Voted for him in the general, but I thought he was going to suck. And I was blown away at how awesome he was. I'm blown away by it. I loved deregulating the economy, renegotiating the trade deals, foreign policy. He was outstanding. He was great on the border. He really, really was a very, very, very good president. Not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I liked Trump a lot. Best president of my lifetime. I like Ron DeSantis a lot. I think if he's ever president one day, he'll do a very good job. But I come back to this again. In order to... Right the wrongs of this country. If you if you have it in your heart, you want to save the United States of America. And I get that. If that's what you have in your heart, and I do too, right? I want I want this place to be the same country it was for me as it is it is for my kids and their kids. I want to save the country. The truth is, we need the next Republican president. Not not the not not one twenty years down the road. We need the next Republican president to walk into the Oval Office and do things that will likely lead to his impeachment. Unjust impeachment, but impeachment right away. We need a purge of the United States military officer corps, and I mean everybody 06, 07 above, all of them, gone. You would be impeached immediately for a drastic step like that, and yet it's necessary. 
We need the federal bureaucracy. We need the next guy to walk in and slash and burn the federal bureaucracy like you're like you're Sherman through Atlanta, baby. We do. We do. It's it's got to be done. The, there is so much institutionalized rot there. What it's done is it's separated all the communist filth from our reach. You don't get to reach most of the filth at the ballot box. Yeah, you can vote for your your congressman, and you can vote for your senator, and you can vote for your president, probably twice, depending on whether or not you live in a Democrat district. You can do that, but you can't reach the head of the CIA. In fact, the top five levels of the CIA. You can't reach the FBI. You can't reach the ATF. You can't reach West Point. You don't get to guide the next generation of officers in our military. We have separated filth from our reach. It's beyond our grasp. And so we need somebody who's willing to do drastic things to clear this out. And it's look, the roots are deep. And you know that there's a million cheesy analogies out there. When the roots get deep enough, it's going to hurt to pull it out. Can Trump do it? Will Trump do it? I don't know. Will Ron DeSantis? I don't know. I'll be honest, though. I am interested in saving the country. That's my number one interest. I'm not interested in Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, anybody. I'm interested in saving America. Whichever one I think will get us closest to that, that's who I'm backing. Period. End of story. And we cannot save the country unless the next Republican president is willing to clear out the clear out the communist filth in our military and in the bureaucracy. All right, we got jobless claims and some audio. Yikes! Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and oh my gosh, we're so close to Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I can taste it. Get in your questions to Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Tomorrow's going to be a banger of a day. And yeah, I'm going to get to this audio here in just a second, but every now and then, every now and then, I feel this need, even though I'm a bad person, I feel this need to give back. Right? I want to, I've always, because my mentor, Michael Berry, when I was just selling RVs, he saw me and thought to himself, wow, there's somebody who can be a huge talent out there. And of course he was right. So he what, Chris? So he decided he was going to bring me along and help me along. Well, I try to do the same now. So whenever I watch TV or listen to the radio, I'm always out there looking for younger talent we can help along. Well, just now during the break, I was watching Tucker Carlson and I saw this guy come on there and I'm telling you what, this this human being is going to be special. I will actually disagree with you on something. I don't think most people looked at that video and thought, I want to go to Florida. I think maybe half the country looked at that video and thought they wanted to go to Florida. I think people look at those videos you were just playing from Australia, and I think half the country wants that here. I do not think we are a one nation anymore. We are at least two separate nations. Yes. And that they're putting out attack pieces that look like puff pieces to people like you and me tells you all you need to know. 
Boy, I, I, I hope you're wrong. Part of me senses you're not wrong. You really are wrong, I've noticed. Um, so I wonder if people who looked at that Ron DeSantis ad or looked at the Australia footage and said, oh, I'm really glad the cops are beating unarmed protesters with batons for not wearing masks, maybe those people will be deterred from going to Florida or other free states. Oh, that's why I think we're already separating as a nation, because I think they are, Tucker. I think it shows that when you look at the people leaving California and going to a place like Texas, we have numbers now. They are mostly Republican. It's mostly Republicans leaving New York and going to Florida. The nation is separating because we are such different people. Tucker, what do we have in common anymore? Well, one, one side believes babies should be protected. The other openly brags about slaughtering them. One side believes basic biology things. A man born a man remains a man. The other side believes that can be taken care of with a scalpel and some lipstick. We don't have things in common. Even our foreign adversaries. China's our enemy. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, he's inside China. The only person deeper inside China than him is Eric Swalwell. Half the country knows China's an enemy. We just don't share things in common. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Swalwell stuff just always gets me. <laughs> Uh, remember the House Intelligence Committee, sex with a Chinese spy. Thank you for reminding us of that, Jesse Keller. There, there was a silver lining to the dark cloud of your analysis. Great to see you. Man, what a talent. Whoever that guy is. What, Chris? Whoever that guy is, we need to get him on the air. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. It's enough of that. You know, everybody knows I don't like to focus on me, okay? I don't like to focus on myself, so we're going to move on to something else. Now, in all seriousness, I did see this, and remember, remember, what have I always said about things like illegal immigration and such, that things that sound nice are actually the meanest thing in the world. We just had 14,000 Haitians arrive at our border, and wham, we allowed them in the United States of America. Oh, that sounds nice. Oh, that's so nice. We didn't make them go back. That's nice. Really? Here's what nice brought you. Panama officials warning that a larger caravan of Haitian migrants are headed to the U.S. The country's foreign minister warning that as many as 60,000 migrants are making their way through Central America right now. Griff Jenkins joins us from Mexico, where hundreds of Haitians are illegally crossing into Mexico every day. I'm sorry, I don't... Did I hear 60,000? 60,000? And here's what's wild. Think about this. I want to just make sure we're all on the up and up about what's coming here. Let's say there are 60,000. That seems like a lot, but let's say there are. If they're coming up and they manage to get to our border, and as of right now, there's no reason to think they won't get to our border, right? Everyone else has managed to get there. Do we really believe the Biden administration who just took a border patrol agent who happened to grab an, a Haitian illegal immigrant by the back of the neck. They took him and put him on desk duty. They're busy trying to destroy his career. Do we believe the Biden administration is going to turn these 60,000 people away? I mean, let's be honest. Those 60,000 people, if they get to the southern border, they're coming in. All of them. And not only that, remember I read it for you earlier in the show. It's now DHS policy that you don't get deported if the only thing they have on you is you're here illegally. That's just policy now. You don't get deported. Not only are those 60,000 coming, if they get to our border, they'll be allowed in. 
they're never leaving. And then their children are never leaving. And their children after that, and their children after that. How much worse can it possibly get? I mean, how much worse can it possibly get? I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here and bring you down, but we are in a serious, serious situation. This is really bad. It is really bad. Let's get to an email. So, Jesse, I don't believe there really is a Chris. I think you basically do your own board opping, or maybe there's some off-site board worker, but when you're talking to Chris, it's just you looking at a wall. Prove me wrong. Let's hear Chris speak. He says, I can say his name. His name is Jacob. All right, one more time, because we get this a lot. Chris is your imaginary friend. Chris doesn't exist, which is so ridiculous because we've done this before. One more time for everybody. Chris, would you please say something? See? How many times have I told you? Don't ever doubt me. Supposed menu whisperer Kelly. After Tuesday's show, I am doubting your mem. Uh, for those who don't understand what the menu whisperer thing's about, I've explained this before. I'm the greatest food orderer on the planet. It's just, a, it's a look, I didn't do this. I can't take credit for it. This is a gift from God. It's a God given ability. What, Chris? Where God looked at me and said, I'm going to make him this amazing food orderer. I can just look at a menu and I know exactly what to order, even if I've never been there before. Anyway, moving on here. After, two day, after Tuesday's show, I'm doubting your menu whispering ability when you referred to fondue restaurants as, quote, a good date spot. The cheese and chocolate are both amazing, but the fact you have to boil your own meats is just a travesty. I do not go to a restaurant to cook my own food, and it's even worse on a date because then I feel the need to cook the broad's food, too. <laughs> this is just an absurdly bad opinion. I had always considered you the leader of the menu whispering order, but now I must say it is myself. <laughs> okay. One, one, what better way is there to gauge if you're sitting there with a potential wife than to have food show up at the table that needs proper preparation? Fellas, right? I'm fellas. Let's wake up here. I know, I know she's a dime. I know you're lost in her eyes. I, I get all that. I get all that. How do you know she's going to be willing to cook you dinner? How do you know she's going to be willing to get up in the morning, make the, make the kiddos some breakfast before school? You're certainly can't be do, you certainly can't do that. How can I get up and take care of the kids when I'm out dove hunting protecting America? You take her to a fondue restaurant so you can see whether she will pick up the mantle and say, oh, no, no, I'll cook it for you. See what I mean? Everything is a test. I've long said one of the greatest date spots you can take a woman on right away, chicken wings. If she won't plow through an order of chicken wings or at least pretend to like them, you just got to move on and find someone else, pal. That's all. That's all. Who doesn't like chicken wings? All right. We have headlines I didn't get to in... Apparently, I have lacked a little bit of focus today because there is a lot of them. Shut up, Chris. This is not the first time this week. I'm getting better at it. I'll try to get to a couple more emails. And again, tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email your questions to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But Giza Dream Sheets. What do I tell you every time I talk about Giza Dream Sheets? And yes, I know I bring up my pillow, and you know how obsessed I am with the fact that my pillow is an actual 
patriotic company. There are so many of these huge companies out there now who just dump on this country, and I love that my pillow has never bent the knee like that. So I love all that. I love that. But the products are so good. They all come with the 60-day money-back guarantee, and I always tell you what. I tell you buy two sets of Giza Dream Sheets. Well, you're in luck. For a limited time only, if you go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and use the promo code JESSE, Giza Dream Sheets are buy one, get one free. Boom. There's your two sets for the price of one. But you have to go to MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE. Or maybe you're driving, just call what? Just call 800-845-0544, use the code JESSE, enjoy the best sheets ever. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Final segment. We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to in just a second. Remember, tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Email your questions now to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We do the whole Friday show off your questions. Don't have to be political. They can be. Whatever. Do a couple more emails here. Remember, you can email us anything, remember. Dear Shogun, Many Guns, Oracle, Menu Whisperer, Kelly. I did it. My wife and I put our house on the market in California, sold it the first day for an absurd amount of cash, flew to Tennessee, and bought a home our first day here. No more voting red behind enemy lines. We're terrified, but also excited. Newsom is a tyrant doing his part to destroy paradise. We can't do it anymore. You can say my name. Thanks, Glenn. Glenn, I am proud of both of you. That is awesome. Go enjoy a better life the rest of your life. And I will hate Gavin Newsom forever. And and, and all the people just like him who ruined, I mean, California, it is our most beautiful state. It is paradise. And I will hate him forever for that. And I hate, I hate that they did it on purpose. Shogun Oracle the Third. My condolences on your mosquito bite. Just a heads up for anyone who didn't get yesterday's show. The whole thing's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. On yesterday's show, I almost couldn't go because I had a huge mosquito bite on my ankle that I got right before the show, but I didn't even hardly mention it, and I went and did the whole show anyway. I barely made it, but I made it. With the mosquito bite being the most, or with the mosquito being the most dangerous animal on planet Earth based on the number of deaths, I know that your demise is near. Please know that I will wait for your requested six months before I make a pass at your dime of a wife. My question is, on our first date, should I take her to Red Lobster as, uh, as, hom- uh, as homage to you, or should I class it up somewhere else with her like Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> you take my bride to Red Lobster and Red Lobster only on our first date. You hear me? You treat her right. All right. It's time for headlines I didn't get to. New jobless claims unexpectedly rise again, even as COVID cases fell. Who writes these things? Why is it unexpected? As long as there are more lockdowns, more vaccine mandates being put into place, jobless claims are going to rise. You cannot do the things we've done to, quote, fight coronavirus, which hasn't accomplished anything, you can't do these things without paying a huge economic penalty. We have done this. We have done this. This was a choice. We chose this, and we chose wrong. 
FDA considering a half dose of Moderna vaccine as a booster. Is it just me? Or does it seem like all these people were kind of making stuff up as they go along here? It was masks, and then it was social distancing, and then they came out and admitted, we don't even know who came up with the idea of social distancing, even though we reordered America on it. Now it's wait until you get the vaccine, and okay, you got your vaccine. Uh, uh, wait, it needs a booster. Okay, how how much of a booster? What do you mean booster? Uh, let, let's try a half dose. Do you think maybe we could... I know this is going to sound wild. I mean, I don't want to sound, I don't want to speak out of turn. I know this is going to sound wild, but maybe we could figure out the right thing to do first instead of just doing something. Ah, don't want to, I don't want to be crazy here. It's just a thought. Headline U.S. officials think huge surge at the border possible if COVID restriction is lifted. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a huge surge at the border no matter what. They're saying this. Because they want an excuse to keep the COVID restrictions locked down. Uh, The surge is coming. Tens of thousands of them. You just let 14,000 more in. Poll. More people think it's already too easy to vote. Yes, that's right. People in this country think it's too easy to vote. And yet, you can't get any action from Republicans on it. Republicans will suggest voting restrictions. Democrats will scream racism. Republicans will say, oh, gosh, no, I'm not racist. I promise. Never mind. People are with Republican uh, uh, Republican platforms. The, The platform of the Republican Party is a popular platform. The great irony in it is we simply don't have enough of a spine on the right to push it forward. We have allowed the shrieking harpies on the left to intimidate and silence our own side. Could Senator Cinema face a primary? These progressives are trying to make it happen. Yes, the far radical left is going to try to primary Kristen Cinema in Arizona. Uh, once again, I have just a little bit of experience with this woman. Not a lot. I don't know her personally, but when I ran for Congress, she was in the state legislature there. She, of course, did some campaign things against me. I don't care about that. That's politics. But she was widely known for a few different things in Arizona. One of them was a crafty, crafty politician. Yeah, go ahead and primary her. I'm sure they're going to try. That woman is probably going to sadly be in the United States Senate for a very, very, very long time. She's probably a senator right up until the point she doesn't want to be a senator anymore. Texas state troopers arrest thousands of migrants crossing the border. Critics call it unconstitutional. This is why I say the Constitution is an amazing document and sadly does not matter anymore. If you and I, we decide to have a contract with each other and it's all written down, it's on this piece of paper. It's our contract. I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. And these are the the rules we're going to live by. It's in the contract. And you just wake up one day and decide you're not following any of these rules. Then we don't have a contract anymore. It just becomes a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper if one of the two sides has decided it doesn't mean anything anymore. And the left has not only decided it doesn't mean anything, they flat out use it as a cudgel to beat the right with. So that's where we are. Headline, NYPD hate crime task force includes Chinese regime propagandist who said Xi Jinping is doing a good job. Well, yeah. 
China is always, always, always sticking their nose in all the Black Lives Matter crap because they understand very well it's divisive. It wrecks the country. It destroys the cohesion, uh, cohesion of America. That's why they do it. All right, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Get your questions in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. It's going to be a ton of fun. That's all. So-